0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari American, New York, New York. Never compromise. Drink responsibly. Now,
1: And this is my impression of a play by play announcer who loves to save money. And here at Progressive, it's discounts all day. The customer's a safe driver and mails over the discount. Signed up for paperless billing, and it's a discount from downtown. Insuring multiple vehicles and kablam, shaka like a fadeaway cross court, coast to coast, discount mania. <laughs> Ooh, should we go to commercial? Wait, this is a commercial.
0: With all kinds of discounts, Progressive helps you save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, discounts not available in all states or situations.
2: Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code Rotowire when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Thursday, August 13th. I'm Clay Link. You can find me on Twitter at Clay W Link. Joined as I will be every Thursday by Jake Latarski. Jake's at JakeSki52 on Twitter. This podcast is now available for subscription on iTunes and Stitcher, so please leave us a nice review if you happen to be listening on those platforms. Jake, NFL DFS is back officially. Contest tonight on DraftKings. Pretty excited myself. We got, looks like, six games on the slate. Green Bay at New England, New Orleans at Baltimore, Jets at Detroit, Miami at Chicago, Washington at Cleveland, Dallas at San Diego. I don't remember seeing any of these type of contests, uh, last year, did you happen to get in any of these? Or are these brand new? Do you know?
3: I, I believe they're brand new for this year. I mean, d- football is always going to be the most popular when it comes to fantasy. I, I don't see that heading in any other direction. And I have a hard time imagining that DraftKings won't be able to fill these contests because people i've been itching for football for so long this is even before college football or any of that starts and with 6 games there's a lot of big name players on the slate uh one thing i did notice looking at the player pool is you do have to be a little bit careful you need to watch for injuries as much as possible which is why uh getting that rotowire trial activated if you are going to play these is more is as important as ever rotowire.com/free rotowire.com/pod pod is another alternative there. You can get your free 10 days because we've really been we noticed that these uh that these preseason daily contests are going on and we've really been trying to up the game uh, as far as note writing and injuries to help these types of daily players. So when players are going to be in and out of the lineup, we've been doing our best to get as many of those as possible because of course, you know, you kind of throw your yourself out the window and I mean, as far as like preseason strategy, as long as you get a full roster of players that play at least a quarter, I think you're going to be in a pretty good shape in 50-50 contests. you got to be real careful about the starters and definitely pick some backups there, which we'll get into in a little bit.
2: See, I think that's interesting. I almost feel like it'd be wise to take like all all backups and maybe even all third stringers because you think mm-hmm. this early in the preseason, starters play quarter, backups probably quarter, then the guys really fighting for, for roster spots uh, – The teams in the evaluation process Mm -hmm. getting most of the reps uh but uh, we'll get to more of that here in a second but just so you're aware you got a fifty thousand dollar salary cap to work with you pick a quarterback two running backs three wide receivers a tight end a flex and a defense scoring four points for passing touchdown 25 points uh 25 passing yards equals one point 300 plus yard passing game uh plus three points i don't I kind of doubt we'll see any of those. Yeah. Interception just minus 1, 10 rushing yards for a point. Uh 6 rushing 6 points for rushing TD of course, 100 plus rushing yard game plus 3. Also PPR, so definitely keep that in mind and uh you know this is it's tough because you know a lot of these uh in fact every quarterback that you can choose from is, is the same price, 5500.
3: Yep, yeah, I, I just looked through the rest of them too quarterback, running backs, receivers, tight ends, flex, I guess you want to put it that way, everybody's $5,500, so everybody's treated equally, it's not like the regular season where you'll see Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and those type of guys atop the list, Drew Brees is even on the slate here, those guys are listed at $5,500, but I mean, Tom Brady's not going to play in the first preseason game, I, I, I believe I read that today, Aaron Rodgers, I'd be surprised if he plays more than one or two series, so Even one or two Aaron Rodgers series could be 100, 20, 130 yards and a touchdown or two, so that's something to definitely think about. But, uh, yeah, at the same time, same slate even across the board for everyone. So we're on a level playing field, and just like if you're playing daily basketball or something on DraftKings where you want to maximize minutes, you want to maximize series when you're going into uh, picking your preseason lineup here, which is why taking those top guys, even though they're the same price as everybody else, is probably not the wisest move.
2: Yeah, that's what's so hard is like finding value – when everybody's so, you know, is the exact same price. Uh, RG3, just be aware, uh, only expected to play a quarter in Thursday's preseason game against the Browns, that according to Coach Jay Gruden. I mean, is this a situation where you, I mean, go way off the grid, get somebody like, yeesh, I don't know, Jimmy Garoppolo maybe to against Green Bay, or do you think, he, I mean, he'll technically be a starter, so... Uh, may not see a lot of them.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think is uh, a pretty good play. It's it's very hard to gauge what, how much Belichick would, would play someone like that because, yeah, you only get the Green Bay first-teamers for a series or two, but the Packers do have some formidable young defensive backs that they're going to want to try out, so it's not going to be a cakewalk after the starters come out necessarily for Garoppolo. If I'm looking at quarterbacks, the one I actually like a little bit more is Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Jets, and he's going up against the Lions in Detroit here, and we all know what happened with Gino. Smith earlier this week, Eric and I talked about it quite a bit on the uh, podcast. The infamous sucker punch there that uh, is going to put him out for a while. But Fitzpatrick now has the starting job. He's not like a super top tier starter that uh, you, you know is going to only be limited to one series. And I'd imagine he wants to get some reps with these receivers. So for me personally, I'd definitely consider using him as fifty five hundred. And maybe pairing him up with a guy, you know, not Marshall or or Decker, but maybe go down the list to Jeremy Curley. Those two might get a lot a lot hmm. of experience there. So I think the key to winning a DraftKings preseason contest is finding that right quarterback wide receiver tandem to go with. And of course, if you can get a quarterback that plays a half, you're gonna be more than more than well said, of course. As long as they don't completely bomb, so that's why I like Fitzpatrick in this type of thing. But it, it's really, honestly, a crapshoot. I he could, I could be wrong, and he could play less than a quarter. But at the same time, I think it'd be very, very much in their best interest to get him some reps.
2: Here's why I like Garoppolo. This is according to NESN.com. With Tom Brady out for the game, Garoppolo is a candidate to see the majority of the Patriots' QB reps in the contest. Ryan Lindley, Lindley, of course, you know going to be in the mix as well. But I feel like Garoppolo, uh, you know, even with this team relying, uh, well, probably because this team is going to be relying on him to start the first several games, probably wise to get him as many reps as possible. So even starting with this first contest, I could see him playing upwards of uh, three quarters, maybe, maybe even a, a maybe just a half. But if we're talking about That compared to a lot of other guys, especially the the starters, uh, that could be among the heavier workloads.
3: Yeah. And one other guy I want to mention, of course, uh, not going to get quite as much FaceTime on the podcast as last year, but think about Johnny Manziel from Cleveland. I'm pretty sure McCown's going to come out and start that game. That's very well established, but he could get some reps. I mean, who needs reps more than a guy like Johnny Manziel at the NFL level? And for you, Johnny football fans that are still out there, Probably lost a handful of them after last season, but if you're dying to get him in a daily game, might be one of your only chances this preseason. Johnny Manziel, of course, and just the Packers that are so deep at wide receiver. I really think a guy like, I don't, I don't know about Tolzien, but maybe Brett Hundley could get a lot of reps and maybe mm-hmm. a couple touchdowns in there. That might be another uh, nice play. So th- there's definitely four or five guys I think that we've identified that stand out way above the rest in terms of quarterback. and. Quarterbacks, one of the things that's probably easier to predict as far as reps wise, because some of that news is coming out. So definitely focus on the quarterback position here. Now,
2: at running back, is that are you taking the same approach where you know it's, it's all about you know how much they're going to play, or is it more so like, heck, I'm going to take a chance on one of these guys, uh, one of the marquee guys potentially scoring on on an opening drive.
3: It, that's almost too tough for me to to do because. They might sit the first series, and if they don't score on that opening drive, you're taking one point for them for the day. So I think I'm going to re- really uh, lean towards backups quite a bit in this type of scenario. I'm looking down the list right now. Man, there's some guys that aren't even on teams that are on this list, but uh, I I don't know. Maybe Ivory could get in there with, uh, with Fitzpatrick. I don't know why I'm high on the Jets all of a sudden, but uh, there's definitely some some value plays there if you find out which Browns running back is healthy I think they're all going to play um, a a decent amount and I know they've all dealt with their fair share of injuries so you're definitely going to want to check out Roto-Wire tomorrow check out the injury reports but I know Mike Patton in the Browns specifically he's he's almost expressed his disappointment in the fact that none of the running backs have really felt the sense of urgency and ran out and grabbed that starting spot I mean Crowell's the favorite but he hasn't really came out and taken that job he's just kind of the favorite by default and I know Duke Johnson might not play a lot because he's dealing with a hamstring injury. Pettin has talked about Terrence West uh, still having a little bit maybe personal issues to work out maturity issues maybe that's gotten better than last season maybe not but looking at guys like that you know just because Crowell's a starter doesn't mean he won't play into the second quarter or deeper so there's another possible preseason running back option but very difficult to tell but Who knows? I mean, even looking towards the Patriots, Jonas Gray might not be a bad play. Get him some reps. A guy like James White, if he's healthy, there's there's a lot of options here. But I'd stay away from the starters, I think, at the running back.
2: I kind of like Brandon Oliver. Uh, I mean, of course, you know you got Melvin Gordon, who's probably going to be pretty popular. But Oliver, especially with the PPR format, Mm -hmm. I think he should get plenty of reps. And I mean, no, I don't really expect a ton of teams to be chucking it all over the field throughout most Mm -hmm. of these games. So. Uh, I feel like he could be a nice option. Uh, maybe a guy like Chris Ivory. Uh, I mean, uh, the the Jets. Uh, I mean, they're going to be running it a lot, of course. And I think you know, setting the tone uh, with him early in the game may, may be the way to go. Now, what about at wideout? Is you you said you like you know hitting that QB wide receiver tandem? Uh, you said you like Fitzpatrick. Any any wide receivers, maybe go along with with him.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking down the list a little bit, and there's a few guys that uh, maybe jumped out at me a little bit. I mean, some of the Cowboys guys, if you look down the depth chart, that's someone like Cole Beasley. He seems like he'd be a pretty good preseason option. Nick Toon from the Saints, probably going to get a lot of reps. They expect him to be the third receiver on that depth chart this year. So there's uh, another person that is uh, surely worth looking at there. And one more guy, I think I'm like, I'm just going to quick make sure he's playing here, but... uh, but uh, Ryan Broyles might play for the, for the, uh, Lions, uh, dealing with an undisclosed injury, but he's kind of down enough on that depth chart that I think he's got the skill set to make a team but still needs to prove something. So you want to look for guys with something to prove like that potentially. But, I mean, receiver is going to be really tough, but look for the three. If you're if you're looking at depth charts, looking at rotowire depth charts, you might as well kind of target three, four, five guys over one, two yeah. guys that are going to only be playing the series. Unless, of course, rookies, they might want to get a little bit more reps so the, so the game, game speed can get a little bit better. But also, you want to look... At three through five on the depth chart and you don't want to look too much into or you also want to look at their age and how many years in the league because yeah. a guy like Eddie Royal might find himself at three, four, five on the depth chart, but what does Eddie Royal have to prove by starting preseason mm-hmm. games? So you definitely take a couple of those factors into account and I think you can put together a pretty formidable lineup. It'll be risky though either way.
2: Yeah. Uh, kind of on the other side of that coin, a guy like Nick Toon, who's listed second on the the Saints initial depth chart. Still has a lot to prove, and even though yep. he's you know listed as a starter, I can see him playing well into the second quarter.
3: Exactly, you're going to want to look for those nicktoons of the world. That pretty much mm-hmm. fits that, yeah, the, the three through five young guys, something to prove, and 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 hope for the best. I think that's a good mindset to go into.
2: Yeah, this is. I mean, this is a strange game. I mean, I'm I'm excited to play uh, a little bit. Marquez Wilson could be a nice option. There's uh, so I'll many so many wide receivers to choose from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Cooks, maybe even. I mean, again. Some of these guys maybe Devontae Adams I mean yeah. he could he could get some reps with mm-hmm. uh not you know with with the Packers backups yeah third string just the, this, string, yeah. just keep, the
3: second keep, year in the league uh yeah I'm glad you mentioned Marquez Wilson because I wanted to uh I, I had thought of him beforehand but I forgot to mention him there I mentioned you know maybe Royal is as not so great of a play but Marquez Wilson number four on that depth chart should get uh a decent amount of reps uh Cutler will probably play a couple series Jimmy Clawson not a great player you think of overall, but you know, a formidable backup when it comes to backups. So I mean he even got the starting nod towards the end. But uh they kept saying I mean the last update we have on Wilson is he shined during Monday's practice, hauling in a tough one handed catch. And of course Kevin White's been slowed by an injury. So they're gonna be thin at the position. I'm almost certainly putting uh Marquez Wilson in my uh in my DraftKings lineup for my preseason tomorrow.
2: You know not a ton on the the Jets depth chart that I really love, but if we're talking about tight ends I kind of like Jeff Cumberland. I mean, he's uh, with Fitz with Pet, ugh, Fitzpatrick. Couldn't get that out of my damn mouth. Uh, I feel like he'll be checking it down a lot. Probably. I mean, no real reason to take a lot of risks. Uh, Cumberland, big red zone target, six four two sixty, and health isn't a big concern. I mean, he's played forty six or forty eight games over the past three years. I don't think the Jets will be hesitant to leave him in for, for significant reps. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's all about finding sneaky value. You know the winning lineup's not going to have any or maybe one or two max big names.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as long as you mentioned tight ends there, I'm going to go back to the Packers, and I, I really like Richard Rodgers at the tight end position. Even though he's number one on the depth chart, he's a young guy who didn't get a ton of reps last year, and I think – uh he's one of those players that can really take a big step up this year and you know they've got him and Corliss at the top of the depth chart but after that there's nobody that jumps out at me that's someone that's going to catch a ton of passes so Richard Rodgers could very well play into the second quarter and provide some excellent value at tight end.
2: Not a ton of news to get to but we'll get to some quick hitters here. Deshaun Jackson diagnosed with a grade two AC sprain in his shoulder going to be out one to two weeks. Uh, Nothing to suggest yet that the mm-hmm. regular season availability could be threatened, but uh not something you want to see with a guy his age, especially, you know, his frame and, mm-hmm. and you know, nagging injuries, especially at this point, can can scare you off. I mentioned last week that I kinda like him given where he's at or where he's going right now in a lot of leagues, but uh I'm gonna sort to temper expectations a lot of this news. But
3: mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I just wanna say that yeah. as a Jordan Cameron owner last year. the the words AC sprain do scare me a little bit I want to see him get out there and get running I mean he was he was down on the ground for a while at practice I don't want to overhype it too much you did say nothing uh, to suggest regular season availability in question yet but I wouldn't mind I I would like to see him play a series even though he's a veteran that probably doesn't need the preseason reps I just want to see him out there because you know it is only a grade two so it could be a lot worse but if you don't rest it adequately uh, that could turn into something worse so somebody I'll be monitoring.
2: Stop the presses. Peyton Manning won't play in Friday's preseason game against Seattle. Uh, shocker there. Norwell, Victor Cruz. He will not play Friday against Cincinnati. Bishop Sankey getting most of the first team reps early in camp. Not not surprising here either, but he's somebody that really good at just you know going going ahead, north and south, uh you know, I think really, I mean, disappointing for sure, given where he was going last year. I got burned by him in several leagues. Uh, Wiz and Hunt can't trust him for anything. Uh, as far as you can throw him, even. But at the same time, I think Sankey did a better job than people think, making something out of nothing. I think he could be. if You take that zero RB approach, which you know we've talked about kind of to death already. Uh, he's a guy I think is a reasonable target. I, I don't see you know huge upside, but I think it, I mean if he's getting. Upward to twenty carries a game, there's at least flex value there.
3: Yeah, I mean he's somebody that I'm gonna be thinking about in, in a whole lot of formats. They're of course trying trying the most to get some value out of that. And uh I mean the real reason I just wanna take him so I can name my team the Sankey Leg. Is that is that so bad? <laughs> But, uh, no, 41 among running backs in ADP. So you hit it right on the head, Clay, when you said zero running back approach. He's a guy to look for. And the depth chart doesn't scare me a whole ton. Dexter McCluster, he's been around for a while. You kind of know what he's getting there. Uh, David Cobb uh, is a rookie, and he's uh, you know impress- impressing Ken Wizenhunt with his vision and whatnot. But you know Wisenhunt, like Who knows what we're getting there. So it could be a while before Cobb comes into play. I actually like Sankey to outproduce what he did last season. And, and the first team oh, yeah. reps, again, just confirming that.
2: Football season is just a few weeks away at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is America's favorite one-week fantasy football site where you could win enormous cash prizes every week. Last season, eight players won a million dollars in one day just playing fantasy football. Don't just dominate your season-long leagues in 2015. Also play one-week fantasy at DraftKings.com. Head over to DraftKings.com now Enter the promo code ROTOWIRE for free entry. DraftKings.com. Bigger events, bigger winnings, bigger millionaires. Enter ROTOWIRE for free entry now at DraftKings.com. Of course, when every, the regular season starts, going to be full steam ahead with Daily. But I'm pretty excited to just dip my toes into the, the preseason action. Mm-hmm. should be pretty fun. We'll take a look uh, at, at some general strategy. I mean you know we kind of started with some basics last week we're going to start with continue with basics this week people are really starting to look ahead probably getting their their draft order set perhaps mm-hmm. looking at the first round we're going to do some first round analysis right now and just looking at the early ADP reports from NFFC National Fantasy Football Championships uh now that you have to understand some certain certain things when looking at this ADP not going to help you a ton if you're just in the in standard format. This is based on three wide receiver PPR uh, scoring settings. Uh, currently, Antonio Brown, number one. Le'Veon Bell, two. Adrian Peterson, three. Odell Beckham, junior, four. Jamal Charles, five. Eddie Lacy, six. Julio Jones, seven. Jake, do you see any issues with, with any of those uh, current spots right now?
3: I mean... You mentioned the format, and that's the huge thing to look at when you look at NFFC ADP. I think it's some of the most reliable ADP data because the owners drafting. There aren't going to be any like joke owners in there. They're all taking it pretty seriously, so the data that comes up is reliable. A lot of people, this is some of the general feedback I've gotten just in the customer service department and, and in general, people seem to be shocked that Antonio Brown is number one overall and i just want to clarify that that right now in a, in a standard format in a in a even with with three wide receivers and no flex i don't think antonio brown's number one overall in a ppr format he's he's closer but i still don't think he's there but in a three wide receivers ppr format i think you can absolutely make a case for antonio brown at he's number so one overall he's he's yeah. very safe will i personally take him Maybe in this format, but I really feel a lot better taking a running back in this uh, in this situation. I actually did like when I did my we did our composite. Uh, RotoWire expert PPR rankings. I had Le'Veon Bell as my number one player, and in PPR, even with that two-game suspension, I I don't think I'm going to shy away from that. He just catches so many passes, and what expects to be a very very high-powered offense this year. Mm -hmm. So it's uh it's intriguing that uh, you see two two Steelers or two players from the same team, let alone at the top of the list. I can't really remember recent memory where that's happened lately.
2: No, me neither. And I mean, with Brown, all the talent in the world, of course. Uh, But the targets, I mean, we're talking about so many targets. Last year, 182, 165 the year before. Now, I would like to see, especially given all that talent, the the efficiency with the targets creep up this year, but I think there's room for that. I mean, it wasn't terrible last year, 129 catches, but the year before, 110 on those 165. I think if if he does take a leap forward uh, and maybe that, the yards per reception average creeps up a little bit. Only 13.2 last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's actually a higher ceiling than I think a lot of people may see, but the floor is what you buy Antonio Brown for, and in that format, uh, the floor is sky high.
3: Yeah, I 100% agree with that, and I think Marcus Wheaton's going to have a little bit better of a season than last year. I People are really high on Martavis Bryant, but I don't think that necessarily takes away from Brown, if anything, that maybe draws a little bit of the double coverage away from him sometime because they're not just you know focusing in on Brown when there's other weapons available. And it shouldn't hurt his targets too much, maybe a little bit, but like you said, the efficiency could be a lot better.
2: Rounding out the first round in terms of ADP, again, three wide receiver PPR, Yes, Brian eight, Demarius Thomas, nine, Rob Gronkowski, ten, Jordy Nelson, eleven, Matt Forte, twelve, Calvin Johnson, uh thirteen, DeMarco Murray, fourteen. Now, there is maybe some some difference between uh in terms of players in the first round, if you if you just go to a standard scoring format. But I think for the most part, a lot of these guys would still be going in the first round. Mm-hmm. Just a matter of where exactly uh, in the pecking order they would go. But if, if we're talking about these 14 guys, do you see any that are, are major red flags in terms of bust potential?
3: I, You know, major red flags is a tough way to put it, but I do see some uh, bust potential. I was talking to a, a subscriber today about this who was asking me who some of the bust candidates for this upcoming season are. And to be honest with you guys, I'm really worried about Matt Forte, number 12 overall. So if people are spending – paying first-round price for him. But I think there's a much better chance we see him get third, fourth, or even fifth-round value this year. And let me tell you why real quick. The the Mark Tressman system was – ideal for a guy like Forte and of course he was the coach for the Bears for the last two years before John Fox takes over this year with Tressman, he believed in a one running back system so he leaned very heavily on Forte and just the the check down passes and all that overall uh, Cutler loves checking down to Forte a lot of screens he's an excellent option in PPR, which is why he's so high. In standard formats, I'd almost argue that he shouldn't even be in the top 20, but I'll probably take a lot of heat for that. I'm just a little bit worried about him this year. I think the coaching system change. I mean, just just the depth chart alone, they brought in Jaquiz Rogers and they drafted Jeremy Langford. For, so those are two, at the very least, capable backs of ta- taking some snaps from him. And when you take the snaps away, you put in a new scheme. I just don't think I think, based on his last two seasons, he's being projected a lot higher than where he should be. I'm not gonna come out and call him a bust. I think all of these top fourteen players are relatively safe but if uh if if you find room if you have to pick someone in there that maybe you're not gonna get the return on that you were hoping for with one of these picks, I'd say Forte is the one that I'm a little bit worried about
2: you know with with Trestman gone i mean. Do you expect him to reach triple-digit targets again? I mean, 130 last year, 102 receptions. I think it's hard to expect that you know, yeah, in a different system. Difficult. If you, you scale the receiving opportunities down by that much, uh, a lot of that value tied to the rushing. And last year, 3.9 yards per carry. Uh, career, uh, well, worse since 2009. Uh, did crack 1,000 yards, but barely. Uh, I wanted to point this out. I pointed it out on the XM show last week, but I thought it was a really good stat from friend Michael Salfino. Looking at 1,000-yard rushers by age, now he was kind of making more of a point about Frank Gore, but uh, I think it's apt with considering Forte. Now he's not 30 years old yet, going to turn 30 in December, but he, he's an old 29, right? Like, yeah. the, the workload is, is adding up. Already eight, over 1,800 rushing attempts alone, 443 receptions in his career. So, this is the stat from Salfino. At age 26, there have been 92,000 yard seasons Mm -hmm. at age 26, 79 at age 27, 57 at age 28, 45 at age 29, 23 at age 30, 12 at age 31, and only 6 at age 32. Again, he was making a point primarily about Frank Gore. And Forte not quite thirty yet, but I think when you see that that decline, you, you factor in a significant decrease in in uh, opportunities to the air, and and you got kind of a I don't want to label him a bust by any by any means, but I think you got uh, significant reason to to temper expectations, especially after last year. I, I think there's uh, people are expecting far too much out of this guy, especially if uh, he, he's forced to get it done uh, on the ground more so than. Than the previous years.
3: Yeah, I'm right on board with that, and just to stress what I said, you're going to look, you're going to get fourth, fifth round value out of a first round pick. So, looking at the guys around him, Jordy Nelson, Gronk, if you can get them, if you're, if you're, if you're. Posed posed with the Gronk versus Forte choice. I think Gronk's the no-brainer there. Even the guys right behind him, Kelvin Johnson, DeMarco Murray, and I mean, even if I go down a little bit uh, the draft order from there, there's a few guys that absolutely stand out, even in the running back department over Forte, but uh, just going down the order, Marshawn Lynch, A.J. Green, then we finally get our first quarterback at Andrew Luck, C.J. Anderson, Randall Cobb, even Shady McCoy. I think all those guys have a very good chance of outproducing Forte this year.
2: It's interesting, and yeah, no, no QBs in the first round in this format, and as it should be, I think. Yep. Uh, but we have in standard as far as our rankings on the site. If you don't have a s- subscription, go to rotowire dot com slash pod to get a free ten days. Andrew Luck nine, Rogers twelve. So we project that mm-hmm. you know fourteen team leagues there should be two QBs. Those two off the board. Uh, but if we're talking about PPR three wide receivers, where do you jump in and grab your first quarterback?
3: I mean this has always been a tough situation for me because drafting in Wisconsin Aaron Rodgers never gets out of the first round no matter what it's just not mm-hmm. going to happen even though Andrew Luck hey, a lot of people will argue that he'll have the better uh fantasy season I have a tough time believing that I'm I'm very pretty equal with the two of them but for me, I think that's exactly how it should be. I never go early on a quarterback. And this year even, I mean, you can go down Tony Romo's the ninth overall in terms of ADP, Cam Newton 10, Ryan Tannehill 11, uh, Stafford 13, uh, Rivers at 14 is always a, a genuinely safe bet. And you can find value in the back end of the quarterbacks who uh, you know aren't going to put up Rodgers and luck numbers, but are going to be very steady and you can use that second-round pick to grab either your second top-tier receiver if you're going to go with that strategy, another solid back to round up one of the thinnest position groups. And even like even going far down to the end of the top 20, Sam Bradford at 19, I, I like him a lot this year just because of the pace of the offense. I think Teddy Bridgewater at 18 takes a huge step up this year. So I think there's a lot of great value to find late in rounds. And if you do wait till the eighth, ninth, tenth round to take a quarterback, you can always go quarterback, quarterback, back to back at that point. And there's a good chance one of those guys breaks out. Could even be as high as a top five. Uh, I mean, if you're looking at the, at the ascension of guys like Russell Wilson from last year, Ben Roethlisberger was a pretty low pick. Romo was a relic He always gets taken pretty low despite the rep- weapons that he has. So I think the ADP has it right. I don't think a quarterback is a top 14 overall player. And unless you're getting a In my opinion, Luck and Rodgers are in that top tier, but after that it drops down quite a bit. I'm not very high on Peyton Manning this year. Drew Brees, another year. We'll see. I actually think Russell Wilson is possibly the number three quarterback in my book. Russell or Ben Roethlisberger even ahead of Brees and Manning, but Mm -hmm. maybe that's controversial. I guess we'll see when it it all plays out, but there's no real reason to jump too far on a quarterback in in a fantasy draft.
2: I was actually just going to say, I think a case could be made for Big Ben number three. I mean, mm-hmm. Russell's got, of course, the edge uh, in terms of rushing ability and, and rushing yards is going to help boost up his value quite a bit. We have him projected for 677, which is significant for sure. But uh, the the volume in the passing game for Ben Roethlisberger, we're talking about a guy who uh, could push five 5,000 yards, uh, maybe 30-plus maybe touchdowns. I just mm-hmm. think, uh, you know, with Drew Brees at his age, Matt Ryan, uh, I'm not trusting that team there in Atlanta. I guess I, if I had to make the call, I'd probably take Wilson, even though I don't like it. wouldn't Wouldn't love it by any means. I think I'd rather have a, a, let another owner do it. Take him and then you mm-hmm. know get Big Ben. Uh, you know, just given where he's at and his kind of the consensus opinion on him. I think you've returned similar value at a at a much, much cheaper price, probably, what, three rounds, three or four yeah, rounds yeah. later? Yeah, if you
3: can get Big Ben in the fifth or sixth round, I think you're absolutely coming away with a steal there. And remember, from way right at the beginning, the first two overall players, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, just an ADP period, are both stealers. So what does that tell you about the quarterback production? And we're not even touching at weapons like Wheaton and Bryant yet and I I just think it's all shaping up. I think you're on to something here, Clay. Uh, We might have to battle for him when we get into leagues. But, yeah, fifth, sixth-round pick for Roethlisberger, you're getting a steal. You're getting almost second-round value, I think.
2: Now, what about tight end? I mean, I think Rob Gronkowski is very deserving to go in the first round. But uh, I think after that, it gets a lot tougher. I know Jimmy Graham, of course, the number two. But I think the the gap between him and and Travis Kelsey is – is a lot smaller than people think. I think Kelsey's going to have a pretty big year, but if if you miss out on those top three, who are you targeting uh, as your tight end in in this format, PPR?
3: Well, let me first say that uh, I'm very optimistic about Kelsey, but I'm almost ready to put Jimmy Graham on Gronk level for a bounce-back season, and the reason being is the Seattle wide receiver depth chart just doesn't impress me very much at all, and I watched Russell Wilson for that last year of college at the Badgers, Loves throwing to the tight end, and if you give him someone good to work with there, I think Jimmy Graham is going to absolutely return second-round value here. His average pick is 28 overall, so 18 picks behind Gronk, actually, when it comes to the average. But if you're going down the list, and maybe there isn't much of a, I guess, value per se here, but... uh Zach Ertz is the number seven overall in terms of ADP, and I think that he could get a lot of targets in a fast-paced offense, and another year in the system is only going to help him. Also moving down the list, 13, I like Kyle Rudolph. He was a popular sleeper last year. Unfortunately, injuries derailed most of his campaign, but he's kind of a veteran guy, fully capable. I think if Teddy Bridgewater takes another step up, Kyle Rudolph will be a, a very formidable tight end option, and especially for the yards and stuff Uh, we'll see how much they look to him in the red zone if they're handing the ball off to ap but uh i I like kyle rudolph as a sleeper probably going to be your tight end two in most formats but you could get by in a 16 teamer with him as your tight end one i think
2: yeah i'm with you uh you know you mentioned you got burned kind of as a jordan cameron owner last year i I do kind of like him with miami Mm -hmm. uh and yeah Ertz. i mean should see plenty of volume even though i worry that the Eagles may not be throwing it nearly as much this year. Of course, they geared up at running back, adding two big pieces in Murray and Matthews. I think we could see them really run the ball down the throat. Still should be red zone opportunities for Ertz, but uh, you know, I, I overdrafted him last year and uh, soured on him a bit. Tyler Eifert? Too? Yep, yeah, there's uh, a lot I of upside eifert. there. Yeah, a lot of um, upside there.
3: I know you mentioned Cameron. the The thing that worries me the most about Cameron, and of course, it could end up being nothing, but he's one more concussion away from like an eight week absence. Like same he, with Jordan Reed, too. Oh yeah, Jordan Reed's yeah. another one. So uh, yeah, well, be careful with Jordan. I mean, Jordan Cameron, high risk, high reward for me. He could end up being a stud with the Dolphins. I think Tannehill's a lot be- better, but man, he takes one more headshot, and uh, you're looking for a new tight end for half your season.
2: Yeah, I mean Josh Hill in New Orleans. Could see plenty of volume. I'm kind of. I mean, I took him in the RotoWire Vegas league. I, I'm actually really high on Austin Safarian Jenkins. Hmm. I could see the you know, uh, you know, taking the approach. I think you kind of alluded to it with maybe another position, but uh, punting that you're talking about quarterback and maybe taking two late rounds, maybe Ebron and Safarian Jenkins, or maybe Safarian Jenkins and Max Williams. Uh, because I, I feel like one of those two should pan out. Maybe they're not a true tight end one, but I think they'd be a, a top, you know, fifteen to twenty type mm-hmm.
3: of. Yeah, I saw a report on Ebron today that he basically blamed a slow season last year. I mean, he was the ten overall pick, so you were having a little bit higher expectations of that. But he kind of blamed a slow season on some nagging injuries that were uh, through college, and he expects to be a lot more involved in the offense and to be, or at least healthier than he was in the past. And, of course, when you've got Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate to take most of the double coverage away, and I can see Stafford looking up the middle to him quite a bit. So, yeah, just like you mentioned, uh, you know, maybe wait on it and take two back-to-back. That's one strategy that you could carry in a draft day this year.
2: Yeah, because, again, there's definitely no lock that there'll be anything better than top 15 to 20. But as a lottery ticket, you know, if you yep. hit on a late-round pick as a tight end uh, that ends up being a top-five option – I mean that's going to separate you significantly yeah. from the rest of the pack. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code Rotowire when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today. And again, check out Rotowire free for ten days by going to Rotowire.com/slash/pod. That's Rotowire.com/slash/pod. Alongside Jake Letarski, I'm Clay Link. Signing off. DVR and Mario will be back on this podcast on Friday.